Iowa everywhere. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. John Miller, Chris Williams, from the Channel Seed Studios, it's Miller and Williams, presented by Wild Rose Casino and Hotel. Three locations in Iowa, three times the fun. You'd rather be here. This is Iowa Everywhere. What's going on? Happy Tuesday. Welcome to Miller and Williams. Uh, Jovial John Miller joins me here in the Channel Seed Studios. We are presented, as always, by our friends at the Wild Rose Casinos in Clinton, Emmitsburg, and Jefferson. John, it's uh, February 6th. You're, you're all decked out in your Kansas City Royals gear. Congratulations, my friend. I'm a Braves fan, but I'm a longtime Royals fan, too. And it was so painful living close to Kansas City as a boy. My grandmother and I would listen to Denny Matthews. Uh, we all have that relationship with a play-by-play guy. Mm-hmm. The problem with being a Royals fan for so long is you could never fall in love with the star other than George Brett and the poor post-George Brett era because they always left you. Yes. We had big news yesterday, and you are beaming with pride for your Kansas City Royals. It's great to see, my friend. I'm Bobby so Witt happy. Jr. So happy. So happy. Bobby Witt Jr., and listen, this doesn't make the Royals a contender overnight, although they are in the AL Central. And frankly, the Royals spent more money than anybody but the Dodgers this year. And I'm not saying they loaded up on All-Stars, but they made their roster better. They made the bottom of their roster better. Um, and they won less than 60 games last year. So to me, if they can get like 75 this year, I'll be freaking thrilled. So I ordered a Bobby Witt jersey. First nice. ever baseball jersey I've ever ordered. All right. Um, I have been emailing someone I know there. I'm going to buy a partial season ticket package for the first time. Um, and once they pass the uh, referendum in April on the new downtown stadium, which I'm sure is going to pass, and I think a lot of these things the Royals did this year were because of that, um, I'm going to get full-on season tickets for when they're downtown. Oh, wow. I, live, I live like literally once they get the bridges done here in about eight months, I'll be – six minutes from downtown at any point in time. So yeah, I'm super excited. I love this city. Um, since the first time I came here, I loved this city before I even visited it. I was 26 years old when I first visited it. But to me as a kid, a lifelong Royals fan, um, Kansas city was this magical place where the Royals lived as a kid and, um, moving here, living here, this is my home. Um, uh, certainly for now, but, um, I love it. The city's pumped up and I'm telling you what small market team like the Royals doing something like this. It's the 16th largest contract in baseball history. All right. And it is a city that absolutely rallies around it's uh it's sports heroes patrick mahomes well yeah, part we're get into that too yeah absolutely yeah, yeah part owner of the royals um patrick and his wife Brittany. they're part owners of the kansas city current uh yeah. a women's professional soccer team 
Um, I drive by the Kansas City Current Stadium on a regular basis. It's literally six, seven minutes from my house. It opens the in March, summer. right? Pardon me? In March, yeah. It opens yeah. up in March? Yep, they got the turf in. I was drove by it the other day. It's the first profession. It's first stadium ever built specifically for a women's professional sports team in the planet. Um, you got the power and light down there. You got the new stadium juice going. Um, you it was announced the Kansas City's. You know the we knew that Kansas City's would be hosting a World Cup, but you know they announced the dates. The Kansas City's in a quarterfinal in 2026. Man, I'm telling you what, Chiefs back in the Super Bowl for the fourth time in five years. Kansas City's on a freaking heater my friend but specifically for the royals this is how you get to where you don't have to pay the bad team tax anymore the royals and free agency they have to pay more money for the same guys because these guys are going to come here and lose and with bobby witt obviously vinnie pasquatino he needs to you know show that he can keep that bad after having a shoulder injury last year but there's hope in a in a for a baseball franchise that i've been a fan of since the mid 1970s and Mm -hmm. For the better part of the since like you know 1987 um it's not been a lot to cheer about i'll never forget that run though years ago when when they add all those guys and it all kind of just came together the way and they what was crazy about it is they actually missed on a lot of guys like ho chaver and you know there were a lot of these guys who we thought were going to be the next great royals and just never turned out billy butler would be he was okay you know like but they weren't as good as we thought they were going to be Right, uh, but it all came together in Dayton Moore. Really good GM. I'm a I'm a big admirer of his. He's not like the president, right? He's not the GM, right? Is it? Well, he's he's with the Texas Rangers organization. Oh yeah, he left. Okay, I, I knew yeah, that he was out of year. there. Yeah, and 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 Dayton is a good human. There's no doubt about that. Dayton's, I think, fatal flaw with the Royals, even though he did put together a championship squad, gave us back-to-back World Series memories that I will cherish for my life that brought my daughters and I closer together at a time when, you know, Grace was like 13, 14 years old. And it's hard to find things to talk about at certain ages with your kids. And the Royals and Star Wars did that for me and Grace. But he fell in love with this players too much. They should have traded the Mexicutioner, Joaquin Soria. Yeah. Uh, rolling and, and and as opposed to saving 40 games a year for a team that's going nowhere and mm-hmm. wasn't going to be going anywhere for four or five years needed to trade him uh that he just hung on to people too long and didn't treat baseball like the business that it is and that's hard it's harder in a small market but this is a huge deal and Bobby Witt, for all intents and purposes and everything I've read sounds like he loves the city and, and I know this is biased. I don't know why you wouldn't love this city. It's just, it's just a great city. It's like it feels like a big college town to me, and I can obviously speak to that. If I ever had to move right to a city, to I would go to Kansas City. That yeah, would be it, the you don't one even feel for me. I don't like cities. I don't like big cities at all. Mm-hmm. You don't. I don't feel. I live literally. I like. I can walk down the street two blocks, look to my left, and I can see the downtown buildings four four miles away from me. Um, you know, this neighborhood was a lot cooler before Travis Kelsey moved out a few months ago because everybody's driving by his damn house. But, um, it's dude, it's just, it's a great time. We've adopted Taylor Swift. Now the Grammys the other night, my family and I watched the Grammys for the first time ever. And Kansas city was the highest rated market for the Grammys. (laughs) Are you serious? I'm serious. It's dude. (laughs) You don't understand it. Like I I never listened to Taylor Swift till a year ago. My, my 
it's crazy. my eight-year-old, uh, I my my four-year-old didn't really want to watch the Grammys, right? Which makes sense. She's four. She's four, right? And my eight-year-old did because she's a Swifty, and so I'm in my bedroom watching some cartoon that Elise is watching, and I was reading or working. I don't know what I was doing, and all of a sudden, I thought. I thought Cammy was injured. I thought something happened to because she was screaming, and it was when Swift announced her new album. Yes, yes. Like actual tears coming out of her eyes. Like it, it's wild. Th- Dude, th- that Kansas City stat's incredible, though. I, it, I hadn't. It is. <laughs> it is. And Cammy crying. It's like, <laughs> dude. You've seen all the it's. There's been nothing like it since the Beatles. But Kansas City can't take full claim for that. But she's been adopted. Um, I love it, man. That's great. This, this spring, when the, when the cold lifts and we get spring, I I just feel like this spring I'm looking forward to it. It's like, this city's going to just be buzzing. It's It's good. Great. I love it. All because of Bobby Witt Jr. Bobby baseball. And and maybe maybe the chiefs in the Super Bowl too. Oh, okay. Good stuff. Let's, uh, I wanted to, we don't have a ton of time today, but I want to talk about this Big Ten SEC thing and just touch on the Super Bowl as well because you're a Chiefs fan. We can just start there because it's a natural progression right now. I uh, There's a lot of torn fans here in Central Iowa who are Iowa State fans who also root for the Chiefs because mm-hmm. of Rock Purdy, and it's just this, been this beautiful ascent to the top for him. Yeah. The, uh, the Chiefs thing, I'm... I'm shocked when I watched them play two months ago. I didn't think there was any chance that this could happen, but it's also, it's just another one of those things in sports where it's like, Oh, they flipped the switch. Like these guys are that good. Like Mahomes is just, it's wild because these are my two favorite players in the entire NFL, Purdy and Mahomes. Like I, hmm. I love Mahomes. Anybody who's listened to me a long time knows. Oh yeah. I'm, you've been on since the college his college yeah. day. He, <laughs> there's a reason when Baker Mayfield, Okay, number one pick in the draft, Heisman Trophy winner, Baker Mayfield. It's like, I'm out. Because he saw this kid who was coming up behind him. He's like, I ain't beating this guy out. Mm-hmm. And he was right. And he cut and he knocks on Bob Stoops' door, and Bob's like, Yeah, you can come play at Oklahoma. Guy's good enough to go and win a Heisman trophy, be the number one pick at Oklahoma. But he looked at he looked at Patrick Mahomes for one season on the scout team and was like, I'm good. I want nothing to do with that guy. Right. He is a he's a generational talent, and the thing about I about him that I he seems like a really good guy. I don't know him, but he he certainly seems like a guy who, like you, when for the Kansas City thing, for instance, like for him to just go all in and buy part of the Royals, do the thing he did with the current, it was like he was staking his claim in that city from day one, which again, like it, it makes it so much easier as a fan to know that the players are, is invested more financially invested in it as you are. But I, I just, so I, I'm, I won't, I'm rooting for Purdy. I want Brock to get this. Cause I also know what an off season after a loss could be like with him with all the, although I think that's gotten a lot better over the last couple of weeks. Right. right. So, but what, where, where are you at on on Mahomes, and how do you think this thing plays out? Well, f- real quick, so I don't forget, the Purdy thing is like the guy just did things the last two weeks that I don't know how many quarterbacks in the league could do with San Francisco. That is not an offense designed to come from behind. 
Um, and the plays that Purdy made with his legs last week, I mean, and, and to read the things <clears throat> that Shanahan says about him, guy doesn't have to answer any questions. But as far as Mahomes is concerned, this city, I mean, George Brett is my all-time favorite professional athlete. And George Brett owned this city. Um, and for many years, he owned it much to the demise of uh, many fathers across the uh, Kansas City metro area concerned about their daughters. But mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. that Pat Mahomes is um, he has the keys to the city. Um, he and Travis and, and Pat is he is all in in this community. You see him out. Um, you know, it, it's just not uncom- he, he's and, and, and people don't mob him. Um, it's like people haven't been mobbing Taylor and Travis other than just driving by Travis's old house too much. And it's just a really cool thing to see. It's a really cool thing to be a part of. And I know that sounds super weird. Like there's still some small town to it, that vibe there is. And I, that's what, that's what I said in the previous segment is like this town feels like a college town. This Kansas city is a big old small cow town. And, and Patrick is perfect for it. And, and he says the right things. He does the right things. He doesn't do the wrong things. He's married. He's got two young kids. He's a family man. You know, he's built his little enclave out at Lock Lloyd uh, Country Club. And, you know, what was it back in the fall? I think I uh, might have peed too close to his fence, but you had to go. Anyhow, it happens. It happens. So, yeah, Patrick is Patrick is um, and this city are, are just intertwined. And, you know, what I found interesting two months ago, I was concerned the same way you were, but I'm like, you know, this defense is really good. So mm-hmm, I think these mm-hmm. guys can go. And I heard uh, Travis Kelsey talking about flipping that switch. Um, I think it was on the podcast with his brother, the new Heights podcast, which I listened to for the first time last week, again, because of the swift craziness. And it's one of the best podcasts I've ever heard. Their chemistry is amazing. But Travis was talking about his brother, uh, Jason said, you guys just look like you flipped the switch. And Travis said, you know what? It's hard. The regular season is so hard it's such a slog and to use travis's own words it's hard to get up for a random game in november when you know you're going to beat these guys by three touchdowns and sometimes that's why you don't beat them by three touchdowns sometimes that's why you lose at home they're pros yeah right yeah it happens it's human nature so but then you get to the playoffs and that switch gets flipped, the intensity, the focus, um, everybody rowing the boat in the same direction. And uh, it's just it's a singular focus. And it's been amazing to see Patrick has elevated his game to another level. The, the, the lack of turnovers. He's playing smarter this postseason, I think, than he has in the past. Um, since his horrible game against Cincinnati Bengals a few years ago in the AFC championship game, Patrick in the postseason has been flawless. He's been flawless. Um, Travis Kelsey, everybody thought he was missing a step or he's he's too distracted with t- that's just all stupid shit. It's all dumb. When they go on the field to play a football game, knowing that their careers could end any single play, I, I don't I don't think that they're sitting there thinking about what boxes Taylor in. You know, after the AFC championship game down the field, Travis is like, where were you guys sitting? He did he wasn't like looking for him like we all look at things. Anyhow. That's a big old ramble, but yeah, man, I, I think it's going to be a great Super Bowl. I have my money on the Chiefs only because I don't want to like be in a position where I'm rooting against them for the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I well, root, root for so my I'm, I'm rooting for the 49ers, but like it, it's so hard for me. Like, imagine being a Minnesota Vikings fan, Southwest Iowa, where seventy five percent of people are a Chiefs fan, right? Yeah, like it was hard growing up with Chiefs fans. Like it, it just, and they weren't even that good, but they were kind of like 
it to to accentuate your point, it was like when you're a Chiefs fan, you're like a college football team, like mm-hmm. that kind of a passion. Like it, it's not it's not how I am with the Vikings. <laughs> it's Mm-mm. different, like, and I and I respect it, but it made me not like them going into adulthood. And now, like I just have so many friends and family that are still Chiefs fans, and I. And and now that y'all have Mahomes, once you got Mahomes, it's like I can't dislike this team. Like I find myself seeking them out in the three o'clock window and rooting for Kansas City. Um, right. So I'm I'm actually on the Chiefs too. It's a I'm looking. I pulled up the DRF Sportsbook app right now. You all should download that promo code Iowa three hundred, and that will get you. It's got all the details on there, but. DRF Sportsbook. What I like about them, they're only available in Iowa. So they're very uh, local-based. They'll have props for all of the Iowa-Iowa State guys in this game. It'll be great. Uh, but it's at plus two right now for Kansas City, and it's just you just ride Mahomes' money line at plus 107. That's the play. Like, that. that's the that's the smart play in this one. Like, yeah. come on, it's yeah. Mahomes, right? Like, and it, Mahomes. <laughs> Uh, especially Dude. the way that the 49ers defense has been playing right now and my read on it too. And again, I watch these 49ers games very intently. I think that this 49ers offense is so rhythmic and momentum based. I don't like having two weeks off with them. Cause I think that they sat their guys and it took them two weeks into the playoffs to finally get rolling in that second half against the lions I don't think that this layoff is any good for San Francisco. I think it matters a lot less with Kansas City. Uh, give me Mahomes and Kelsey in that Chiefs defense in this game. Well, That's you talk about you talk about the rhythm, and the 49ers had two weeks off, then two games, now two weeks off. I hate it. That, that, and everything about the Super Bowl for a lot of teams, it's just obviously it's different. But the Chiefs didn't get the bye week. They played three games. They probably are looking forward to an extra week off um, for that extra, you know, impact on their body. But they were they their game against Buffalo was incredible. Um, their performance against Baltimore was f- efficient. The first half, um, they left a lot of points in the field. They didn't score in the second half. But the Chiefs probably should have won that by seventeen or twenty four. So they're playing really well. They're playing their best ball at this time of year. Um, you know, def- they've been battling through so many injuries on defense, and that defense continues to answer the bell. The offensive line this year, the amount of penalties that they had drove me absolutely up a wall. Uh, the number of drop passes they had, but boom. Uh, MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scanling, he dropped. The Chiefs lost three regular season games because of drop passes. The opener against uh, Detroit, I believe the pick six was a ball that went off a receiver's hand into the Detroit defender and Mm -hmm. scored a touchdown, and there were multiple other drops in that game. Travis Kelsey also did not play in that game. Uh, The game against Green Bay, the drop right, the goal line. The game against, uh, you know, the Eagles, another drop that would have won the game. The game against Buffalo at home. The, uh, you know, the Tony lining up offsides that negated the amazing – uh, lateral from Travis Kelsey. I mean, that's four games right there just from stupidity. And MVS makes a huge catch against Buffalo. That's the game clincher. Then make and makes a huge catch against Baltimore. A really hard catch. So I don't know. 
They flip the switch, they're rolling, and I am not messing with the streak. I got no. I got like nine <laughs> wagers on this thing right now. Those are all my little well, you can't see it, but I'm I telling you, dude. My wagers to track. If you're if you're rooting for Purdy, which many people in our audience are, you bet on the Chiefs money line, and you're gonna win either way. That's a great call. That's a that's a that's an emotional protection. Uh you're still rooting for Brock. And listen, right. I don't I'd be fine. You know, if George Kittle gets a Super Bowl, Brock Purdy, those that's great. Yeah. I mean, Kansas they're City. They're a fun team to root, root for, too. They are. They're same. a fun yeah. team to watch. I look I their offense is the kind of offense that I wish Iowa would would actually do. Uh but <laughs> well, I don't think that's coming anytime soon, brother. No, no, it's not. It's not. <laughs> well, we're not getting into that today. I could no. There's so much of what that offensive coordinator said to Dolph that I'm like, it's the opposite of what Mike Leach would teach you. <laughs> I realize they're not trying to do that, but it's just like if Leach were Leach is rolling over in his grave listening to him say some of those things. But okay, we uh, I digress. We we can't go there right now. We I don't even this. know what you're talking about. And frankly, oh. on this on today, I don't want to. I don't want my Bobby High to come down. So let's not do it. Well, again, it's like. It doesn't matter though because Kirk Ferentz, they're not trying to run in there, right? Okay, like so. All I know is what good offense is, and a lot of the stuff they're saying is not conducive to it. But whatever. Um, Miller and Williams were presented by our friends at Wild Rose Casinos in Clinton, Emmitsburg, and Jefferson. I'm going to bring Aiden Wyatt in real quick. Aiden is our producer. Hey, would you? Can we give away these Kane Brown tickets? Can yep. you help me with this? Let me pull it up quick. We're going to give away some Kane. Do you know who Kane Brown is, John? You a Kane Brown fan? I mean, I, I don't, but I'm sure I'd uh, love to hear it. So can you send He's, it over uh, to me? You know what? I guarantee you, if you text little Gracie and said, hey, do you know who Kane Brown is? She'll know and like him. Okay. He's like a really new age country he's not a country artist people are going to try and frame him as country he's yeah. how do you spell his first name k kane you know like the bible wait is that with a k or it's kane like the wwf guy hellfire and brimstone yeah k-a-n-e not like that's not that's not the bible that's not the kane from the bible is c-a-i-a-i-n right 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 was he the bad one or was abel the bad one um you know this from your bible days you were a big, huge Bible guy there for a while. Yeah, I think I can't remember. That's how much Aiden? I've buried all that. Was Cain or Abel the bad one? This is America, 2024. Yeah, None of us know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Who wins the Cain Brown tickets? All right. So two tickets and a fifty dollars gift card for dinner on us to Cain Brown show at Wells Fargo Arena. Winner is or <laughs> we have a pair here. Drew and Maggie Lindemann. So congrats to them. I will be reaching out to you. Drew and Maggie going on a date. Yeah. Courtesy of the Iowa Event Center. Awesome. So, yep. I'll reach out to you to get more I details. love doing this giving away tickets yeah, to people. It's, it's such a cool promotion that they're doing with us. Uh, okay. We're getting some uh, thank you to English. All gas, no breakfast. Charles and Mark, who are all watching on YouTube. English says Kane dropped Abel. Yeah, so apparently uh, Abel and Cain had to take sacrifices to God, uh, and God accepted <laughs> Abel's sacrifice, but He did not accept Cain's sacrifice. Don't recall I the specifics this. of it, but that was a, that had to be a, a big L for Cain, and I think it put him over the edge and and led him to do some really bad things. You know what's wild is 
you ever get like the baby's first Bible or whatever during baptisms? Yeah. And I read that to Cameron and like some of these old Testament stories that you're at the age of like three are really hard. So wait, he just, he just killed his brother. Yeah, it happens, honey. You know, like it's a, it's a hard thing to explain to a three, four year old. Like, it yeah. is. Yeah. Just, and the whole, yeah, my God, the that's whole, Kane's music. <laughs> right. That's Kane's music. Fuck God. Uh, that wait, son wait. of a bitch. Wait, wait, dad. He, God asked him to kill his son. Wait, <laughs> everyone died in a flood. Can we, can we go back to like the Marvel comics, dad? Yeah. I'll get back to the Peppa Not Pig. good nighttime reading. Uh, do you have an opinion on this Big Ten SEC story? The 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 big dogs are getting together. I've been told real quick. It, I'll let you go deeper on this, but right to, yesterday and today is the day that all the suits in college athletics are. I believe in Houston. I think I don't know if they're in Houston. They're somewhere. I'm sure it's at a fancy hotel and they're eating caviar and they you know got their suits on and five-star hotel that that old deal um i'm i've been told that the big thing with this big 10 sec alliance or whatever we're calling it had to do with revenue sharing in the new playoff it was kind of just the the big dogs are at the head of the table and everybody else will fall in line you will fall in line you will listen to us Uh, i think it got read into more like they're gonna kick everybody else out and go soccer super league here. And I I don't feel like that's what this meant at all, but this will end up in the rich getting richer and everybody else falling in line. What did you have an opinion on all this stuff? Maybe a little deeper. Um, Not that you're not deep, but my thoughts on it, first of all, um, the, I don't think the big 10 and sec would reach out to the other conferences because it's only going to mean less money for the big 10 and the ACC members because the other conferences aren't going to be able to, it's just, unfortunately in this calculus, I don't think one plus one equals three. Um, I think that they are looking to protect themselves. I think they are trying to gather everyone together and say, look, whether you believe it or not, we may be facing an existential crisis. Um, College football may be facing an existential crisis. I had, um, a meeting with someone back just before the start of the 2022 football season. And this person, I know for certain, 100% certainty, was in the rooms. Uh, If this person was still in their position, they would probably be at this meeting in Houston that you're talking about, okay? And he showed me a memorandum that all the Big 12 – and other conferences had been discussing at meetings, but also in emails, FOIA time, about the future. <laughs> Why do they ath- still do the email thing? It's- I don't know. The future of <laughs> athletic departments and college athletics. And there were several scenarios. And the most common, and I was told the most uh, widely accepted scenario, was that athletic departments, as it relates to football and basketball, those two sports break away mm-hmm. from this current model being under the umbrella of an athletic department. And those two sports start their own for-profit 
entities. Let's call them clubs. Mm-hmm. The Iowa Hawkeye Football Club, the Iowa State Cyclone Basketball Club. They're their own for-profit entities. They lease the facilities back from the university, so they pay rent to play at Jack Trice or mm-hmm. Hilton or Carver or, or uh, Kinnick. They um, they compensate their players. They have the athletes have to be in good standing, but I'm sure that you know yeah, without the in- yeah, I mean the bar is going to get lowered because we're no longer dealing with the NCAA. There How does that work th- like at Notre Dame? Like, does the Notre Dame chancellor just be like, ah, we're going to lower everything now since you're not officially representing the university? Yeah, I, I don't know how it looks. I'm not saying that's how it's going to play out. I'm no, just, I get it. That is represent. And then there were other aspects, other contingencies, like how does this work with Title IX, all these things. But more than anything, that's not to say hang your hat on what I just said coming to fruition someday. Those are the conversations that these athletic directors, these these athletic departments, these presidents have been talking about for many, 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 many years. And the biggest concern that I believe they had collectively is if players were ever deemed as employees and could unionize and could get together. And what happened yesterday? Yeah, the Dartmouth basketball story. Yeah. Which it, it, it... the way I viewed that too is we've seen this with Northwestern before and it got shot down. Like this is a totally different climate in 2024. And, and this is the freaking Ivy leagues we're talking about. Like the, there's, there's lawyers, there's really smart people working on this. That yesterday was catastrophic. Really. If you're an NCAA guy, why is that? Well, I mean, it, it, it lays the groundwork for everybody else. Yeah, when you say you're an NCAA guy, you mean a fan of the the No, NCAA if you if you I mean I'm I, saying I if, if you're I'm trying to say if you're one of the people that is trying to preserve the old way of doing this. Gotcha. Yeah. It's That's it wasn't I mean by that. Yeah, it wasn't a good day. And and you're right. Northwestern had attempted this and, and they fell short. North, but, but Dartmouth doesn't happen without Northwestern. Correct. I was just saying Northwestern wasn't a failure. No. Northwest, you know, tie it into all the challenges through all the decades of Roe v. Wade or in, or any big piece of legislature. It's not, it's not the first hit that gets you. It's cumulative. You know, the old Iowa break the rock. It's not the first hammer that breaks the rock. It's all the hammering that goes on. The last one just happens to break it, but that's not really the one that broke it. It's all the work that went in before. And you're right. And I think you want to get as many legal uh, attacks on a problem, depending on your point of view, as you can. And then at some point in time, you break through. And the, each attack vector is a little different. You you get the judgment on the ones where you didn't succeed, but now it gives mm-hmm. you an idea of which angle you're going to go at it from. And this isn't going to stop. It is probably going to get to this point. And if if it were deemed across the board that players were employees of these universities, I think that spells big trouble for uh, university athletic departments, fandom for the way things were because of the way things were will be done and never return. Yeah, I'm just, I was, Dennis Dodd put out a tweet and I, I could really resonate with it yesterday. He said something along the lines, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but that our kids will grow up with what they see college athletics as will be a complete different 
scenarios to what we grew up with. Like they're not even going to be able to recognize it. Yeah. For better or worse. They're, they're, they're not. I mean, you know, you had, was it in the early seventies maybe um, when the NCAA finally allowed freshmen to be eligible to compete at the varsity level? I mean, so that was a huge, that was a big line of demarcation for college athletics. Um, and then it's kind of been status quo until the BCS started, and that was the BCS era. And then all of a sudden you have the advances of technology and streaming in the world that we're in now. We no longer have the BCS. We have the college football playoff, and that's going to expand to 12. And, um, you know, I, I was reading something about th this uh, Big Ten SEC thing, too. Is like it maybe sounds like there may not be the kind of money for the college football playoff that some people first thought there was going to be. I have heard the same thing. And it feels to me like ESPN pulled a fast one on everybody, but we'll see. We'll see how mm. that plays out. Well, if the money's not there, the way I mean, it's going to be good money, it's just, and it's only for two years, but that, I mean, right. that could yeah. be why the Big Ten and SEC are coming together and saying, well, we need to protect what's ours. And I, I don't even know if they're being unreasonable. Like if they have more playoff spots than everybody else, then they probably should make more. But the problem is it just, it stacks the deck even more and it's already heavily stacked. What, what, what if the big 10 and SC, I'm not saying this is going to happen. Okay. This isn't some alliance like the big 10 and PAC 12s, you know, historic alliance a few years ago. But what if the Big Ten and SEC said, you know what, here's what we're going to do. The money's not there. Um, we're the two alpha males in the room. And let's just do this. Let's have a regular season scheduling alliance where, you know, in any year you have, you know, eight of our conference teams every other year plays eight teams from the other conference and that we alternate over mm -hmm. time. And then at the end of the season – we have the two highest ranked teams from the Big Ten and the two highest ranked teams from the SEC play in a Final Four for whatever we call this championship. And then the other teams that are like above 500, we match those teams up in bowl games of new bowl relationships that it we sounds agree like with. European soccer where you're going here. I I wouldn't get that reference because I don't watch European soccer. Well, they have all these um, like championships that in its it's wild. Like, well, if you qualify here, then you get to go and do this tournament. And right. Okay. Yeah. I, but here's I could, the thing I'd say though, where I would warn the Big Ten and the SEC. I'm not saying gonna, I want that, by the way. No, I understand. This would be the warning I would give you as a as a guy who roots for a team that's not in those conferences. The reason I will watch Ohio State and Penn State intently on a Saturday night is because there's is because my team has access there. My team, you know, theoretically could see it one of these teams in a bowl game or whatever, right? Like there's, I think your TV ratings would drop. Like I, I think that, especially in the Big Ten's case, I think you vast vastly overestimated how much the rest of the country is paying attention and how that could drop off significantly if they would shut them all out. Does that make sense? It does. And to your analogy, you meant like, like watch like Purdue versus Illinois, not Ohio state. 
versus Penn State. Sorry, I couldn't help it. That's the old John poking through. Sometimes I can't keep but, it down. But um, even that though, John, like I would, I'm, I'm serious. Like, and I think a lot of Iowa State fans watching would would say the same thing. If you're not even competing with these teams anymore, no, I, what, I'd rather watch? watch the Baylor Houston game. I, I I don't I think that's a really good point, and I, I don't want for what I the the hypothesis or the hypothetical rather that I laid out to happen. I don't want that to happen. But I, strange things can happen when people uh, or businesses or companies or organizations begin to for the first time say, "Wait, we could be in trouble here." Big Ten, SEC, they've got all this money, and they build all these buildings. And if the model changes, if players become uh, employees of these universities legally, mm-hmm. these universities aren't going to, that means the universities are going to have to pay these players out of the pot that they've been using to build all their buildings, to build all their seven practice facilities, to do all these things, to increase their salaries uh, uh, immensely. There's not going to be that money anymore for those things because they're going to have to pay every you know scholarship player like I don't know twenty thousand, twenty five thousand, thirty thousand, forty thousand. They're going to give them health benefits. They can collectively bargain at that point mm-hmm. and collectively bargain for health benefits in perpetuity beyond their playing years. If they don't get it provided by another company, they that, that they'll be able to get it through their college athletic experience. All these things cost money. And, and right this now, isn't the NFL. Like, not every game is pulling. Correct. Correct. <laughs> you know? Like, they, they get they get really good ratings, and like, there's a lot of money there. I'm not poo pooing. But this shares, is not the NFL, right? And the NFL shares it equitably. Yeah. You know, the Big Ten does a decent job of that, sharing revenues and dividing them up. Um, and, and that's similar to what the NFL model. Actually, the Big Ten model is very similar to the NFL model in that you know the Dallas Cowboys make more money than anybody else because they have a, a stadium that can seat a hundred thousand people. It, do, but do they need eighty-five scholarships? Would be my question. Well, you know what I think. A, a, another question would be: Can they fund eighty-five scholarships? And I don't think that they could to still do saying, the things like, that they want to do. They'll cut that down. 65. I mean, you're going to go to the FCS model. You don't need that many guys, especially when they're all transferring anyways. Like this isn't, I was a little different, you know, you guys just aren't as active. Iowa state football really isn't either. You know, Iowa and Iowa state football are, are, are a little bit, this is not old miss. We're talking about here. I just, I'm saying like the days of man, well, this Matt Sherman kid coming in is going to be really good. And then we're going to watch him and he's going to get a couple reps versus Kent state. And then he's going to be our guy in two years. And like, it's just, they're gone, right? Like the, these guys will just leave if they're not playing. And, and that's just the way of life currently in college. Athletics. You, I'm, I'm saying you don't need 85 scholarships in 2024. And if, if they've got to cut costs somewhere, well, you take 85, you know, 20 times 30, and that's a lot of money you're saving right there. And so you're, it, it alleviates a little bit of Title IX pressure, too. So you're saying you don't need 85 scholarships because it's almost like you don't need a whole 20-person recruiting class in your developmental pipeline because the today's 
developmental pipeline is the the transfer portal. Yeah, they're all going to leave anyways. It's not a bad point because in the transfer portal, essentially, for the most part, you know, for every Caden Proctor, there's three other tackles you've never heard of, and and two of them aren't going to find a new home. Correct. For the most part, the transfer portal. I've I've been in sales organizations before where uh, every year at the end of the year, the the managers look at everybody's account list and they take the bottom ten percent of their accounts that they sell the least to, and they basically they give them to the somebody else. They shuffle the lower 10 around to see if a different salesperson's personality can extract value out of it. Mm. And that's what the transfer portal is, essentially. It's it's everybody's swapping the the bottom 10 to 20% of their rosters um, with some, obviously there's the, the, the guys, the stars that get all, get all the attention, but the majority of people entering the transfer portal are not stars. No. They're, 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 on the, they're guys that are buried on the depth chart or did something they shouldn't have done and they got in the bad side of the coach. I think you have a really good point. I'd never thought of that. 65 doesn't seem like a bad number. Especially like if you're going to have to pay their health insurance, like I'm telling you, this has been my here's whole a, here's point. A pro- here, here's a problem. Schools that have very large NIL coffers, they're going to be able to pay these guys. Don't have a scholarship for you. You walk on, but we're going to pay you as though you're your scholarship, and that's going to create huge disparities. Okay, so my my rebuttal to that would be, I, and I've been saying this for a year now where it, it really hit me, where we're in this player power movement, right, with NIL, with the transfer portal. The way it's been done, while many are benefiting from it, I'm not necessarily sure it's the best thing for the players in in most circumstances. And and hear me out. Like sometimes too much power, especially at the age of 19, um, these brains in a lot of cases aren't aren't prepared for the the pressure, the angst that comes with the because there's no protection for them. There is no union right now. There isn't there's nothing protecting these players from the Michigan state collective, writing a bad check, right? They could just pull your deal. What happens if you have a deal right now that's worth $2 million over four years and this whole thing gets blown up in year two, and now they're just going to pay you $30,000 because that's what's legal with the NCAA. It's not good for the players. So I guess my point would be if we take it down to 65, I think in this new world, I don't think they're going to be. I don't think these collectives are even existing. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it happens. Yep. I think it's just yep. all regulated now, and that's the way it should have been. Um, and then, and if, and if, if, if the Iowa women's basketball team, they're all making thirty thousand dollars, and that's Caitlin Clark's salary, but she wants to go out, and her agent gets her a deal with Nike. She should be able to do that, right? But. <laughs> This whole farce of what NIL, what they say, it's not name, image, and likeness. The backup, you know, the the fourth string tight end at Iowa State who's getting NIL money to be there, he's not worth that. They're not. Like, should they be paid for their time? and pre- Yeah, absolutely, and that's what this is all about. But it's not name, image, and likeness. I guess my whole thing is, John, if we get to this point, well, after well, you know, will will actually matter? Will 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 name, image, and likeness be real and not this facade that that we see right now? I don't know. 
there's some deep thoughts. No, that's for you. that's really good. It, and it, and you're right. The name the name image and likeness name image and likeness should just be freedom for the individual player to go out and negotiate endorsements based upon their name image and likeness and not this like hey we got everyone's making donations and we're going to pay you the salary because if they do if they are able to be employees and that that takes care of that the salary piece takes care of that so yeah man and then it, it it's none of none of it's easy um i'm all for the athletes making all that they can um and, and capitalizing on their popularity for the very short time that they're going to be in college um, like we've said before there, there's a number of these guys that are you know like a um let's say an austin or not um had a great career uh you know a local boy a, a good human being that 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 might not have translated into a ton of money on the nil but it would have translated to some from local businesses no doubt. but also for him his after his playing career I'm not exactly certain what Austin Arnott's doing right now, but he could have had a career in, in, in insurance or things of that nature that are public facing things based upon the popularity that he gained. There's a great deal of value in that, a great deal of value in that. Cause someone like Austin could probably get in, in, in a relatively short time, probably make a quarter mil a year building out an insurance book over about five years. And mm -hmm. I, I'm not Austin and several players like that, you know, um, like Nico Ragini. I mean, he probably could, I mean, he's not going to probably play in the league, but he could probably be successful. That's why a lot of these guys go into medical device sales or yeah. medical sales or pharmaceutical sales or insurance because there's a huge value in it. So there is value, but man, it's just, um, it's changing really fast. And you're right, Chris, I think in about 10 to 20 years, we'll look back and say, man, remember the good old days when we <laughs> did too. about when we bitched about the the who was the fourth or fifth best team and didn't get in the playoff, we were just pissed about uneven schedules, and we were uh, we were we were pissed off about you know really famous basketball players like Cheryl Swoops making dumbass opinions, uninformed, and digging in and tripling down and banning everybody on Caitlin Clark. Appreciate you, man. Get out of here. All right, we'll see you. Know, you got important propane stuff to get to. Always. He's John Miller. My name is Chris Williams. We are always presented by our friends at the Wild Rose Casinos in Emmitsburg, Clinton, and Jefferson. And, of course, we sign off today from the Channel Seed Studios. Have a great rest of your Tuesday here on Iowa Everywhere. Iowa Everywhere.